You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for March 26th, 2018. For the definitive version of the show, be sure to listen through either iTunes or Google Play using your favorite podcast app of choice. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found right here on Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always this week by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey guys. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for the Max Level podcast. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. Before we get into the episode, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with a lazy boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they've always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box in all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support. Last but not least, if you don't currently subscribe to our YouTube channel or other podcasts, we've got a lot of great content you may be interested in. Simply search Level Down Games on any podcast app of your choice to see a list of our shows, including Max Level, BG Mania, Glow, and Revisiting the Classics. We also have a YouTube channel that sees at least one new video uploaded to it daily, and again, that can be found by searching for Level Down Games on YouTube. We'd love to see you around more often in our community, and we'd also love to hear from you too. If you want to contact the show, feel free to send an email to maxlevel at leveldowngames.com. You can send us video game related questions and we'll try to answer them to the best of our ability. Suggestions for Kickstart My Heart or Are You Afraid of the Dark? General thoughts on the latest happenings within the gaming landscape or even questions specifically about myself or Frank. Any good question received will most definitely be used in some form on the air during our shows. On top of this, a cool thing we've started doing. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames and leave us a review on iTunes. We will send you one or two crappy Steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy Steam games. Here's the thing about Frank and myself. We like bad games. Remember Good Game, Bad Game? We want to start sharing our love of bad games with you. So if you sub to us on YouTube, Follow us on Twitch and leave us a review on iTunes. Contact us through Twitter or maxlevel at leveldowngames.com and we will send you one, two, maybe even more crappy Steam games. And we have a ton of crappy Steam games to give away and literally zero have been given away so far. So feel free, sub, follow, review, crappy Steam games. That's the formula. It's like the underpants gnomes, dude. It's like step one, do those things. Step two, question mark. Step three, crappy steam games so that's how it goes that's how it goes um before we get into what we've been playing over the past seven days i just kind of want to briefly touch on something real quick and that is the unfortunate bankruptcy we've already talked about this of toys r us uh we've talked about this a number of different times but uh i actually and i, and I couldn't i really didn't know where to put this in to the show anywhere else i made a trip to my toys r us 
And uh, I don't know if you got a chance to do that with yours yet or not. I did. I did. Okay, so perfect, perfect, perfect. So actually this past Friday, um, I went to my local Toys R Us. It's not the Toys R Us from my childhood, but I went to my local Toys R Us. And I'm going to tell you right now, dude, the place was packed. This place was absolutely packed. There wasn't a place to park in the parking lot. I had to park across the street. And I, and uh, I yeah, well, yeah, it was but the gut in mine, and it's it, it, it it's sad. Yeah, it's, it is. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's liquidation. I've been through a liquidation before. I, I used to work for Circuit City, so right. But what I wanted to mention about this is that when do these stores officially close? I thought it was like this week, which is why I went. I thought they were going out this week because well, mine, well, had, mine had a sign posted. Mine had a sign posted saying all sales after March 23rd were final and they could not be returned, which was the day I went. They're, they're supposed to be closing this week or next week. It's it's liquidation. So a lot of times they're just, they may extend it for a week or so just to get rid of their stock. Okay. Um, it's, it's weird because all their stuff is only 10% off. Like I was walking through the store and I was trying to find items that were, you know, somewhat on a heavy discount and I could only yeah. find everything was only 10% off. There was no real deals there. There wasn't. Uh, you know, video online, games weren't on. Di- video games weren't discounted at all. Online, they were advertising seventy percent off. You know, liquidation, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna pick up some games." Yeah, I that's why I went to look. I ended up picking up Jessica a little figurine from Yokai Watch just to buy something. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to buy something from the store as before it closed, and you know, to have one last shopping experience at Toys R Us, but. I almost couldn't even find anything to buy. Like I literally was looking for games. I was looking at their accessories. I was looking at like collectibles and nothing. I went to the Amiibo, like Amiibos are 10% off, but they didn't have any good ones. Um, they didn't have any good ones beforehand. Though, to be no, I know. I know. But it's just, it's weird that like when a store is going out of business within, you know, a week or two, not to be putting their stuff on a steep discount. I'm wondering if that the discount percentage will slowly increase if they still have stock, I don't know. But then again, the place was so packed. I think they might sell their stuff and just get away with selling it at a 10% discount. Yeah, but two weird things came out of this. Okay. One sad, one sad, one happy. Oh, I know, do, I know, I know where you're going I'll, with I'll this. Do, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do sad first. I know where you're, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, unfortunately. The founder, Charles, founder Charles Lazarus passed, passed away. away. 90, was it 94? 90, 94 years old. 94. Um, the same week that it's closing, dude. That's insane. Yeah. But he he was no longer involved, right? From what I remember no, reading no. the story, yeah. yeah. It, so it's, yeah. It's, it's weird happen sounds. Yeah. But KB Toys is coming back. Are they? I didn't see this. KB Toys is officially coming back. They're going to be inside um, shopping malls again, so they're not going to be freestanding buildings. I don't, I don't think they ever were. No, I think uh, the the ones that I remember seeing were always in shopping malls. Now, who is KB Toys? Was it was it purchased by somebody, or are they just making a comeback? I, I do believe that someone bought the name and they're bringing it back, but yeah, okay. I just I just saw I just saw it recently. Um, okay, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's been what eight years or so, maybe longer. Two thousand nine is when they went out. Yeah. Two thousand nine. I was I was trying to think the last time I saw a KB store, KB Toys, um, and that would yeah, I guess two thousand nine because I was thinking two thousand ten, but yeah, two thousand nine makes more sense because the last time I saw one, I was still living in Vegas. I was actually no, I was not at UNLV anymore. But I remember seeing one at the mall by UNLV. <laughs> so that's cool, though. Yes. Yeah. So they said that we should be seeing them ideally by Christmas season. That's that's their goal. Is to oh, they want to get open, some stores open, open by Christmas. Open, open up by a holiday. Twenty. Did, they, did so. they say how many that they're planning on bringing up yet, or 
Uh, there, there, there was only a couple articles. There was nothing too substantial. Huh. But like I said, hey, I'm all for bringing back KB toys. I miss them. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Like a little, a little silver lining there. Obviously, they're not Toys R Us. They were never as big as Toys R Us. Huh. But um, there still will be a dedicated toy store. And you have to wonder if whoever purchased the name KB Toys did this knowing what was happening to Toys R Us and they're trying to take advantage of there no longer being a dedicated toy store out there anymore. I mean, the only dedicated toy store now is F.A.O. Schwartz. Or Schwartz. Which, yeah, which is only like there's only two of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So because the one in Ve- the one in Vegas closed down. So. So New York City and England, I think England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the one that was in Vegas at the um, the uh, Caesars Palace Caesar's Mall. Palace. Yeah. Forum Shops. I was trying to think of the name of the mall, the Forum Shops at Caesars Palace. <laughs> that one shut down over 10 years ago. But that one was cool, dude. I used to go to that one all the time when I moved yeah, out to Vegas. A, it was a three-level toy store. It was that one awesome. was freaking cool. I, I, I missed that store once it shut down. But, uh, yeah, no, just kind of wanted to briefly touch upon that you uh, – well, I didn't even actually know that you went to Toys R Us. I'm glad you did, that uh, that we both made a trip out there. I, I took a picture of it, put it on the Instagram, kind of like, you know, saying goodbye to an old friend type of thing. Um, just wanted to document that I was there and what I was doing. And, uh, dude, I'm going to miss it. A lot of people and – and I was surprised. A lot of people actually commented on that picture with, like, frowny faces and, you know, saying, like, they were going to miss it. And it's just funny that, like – all this happened, yet the stores still weren't doing good. Like people, and and obviously all these people commenting saying they're gonna miss it and all that stuff. I never shopped there either. I'm not gonna lie. Like I didn't shop there. I'm just, but I'm gonna I, miss the store. It's, it's a generational thing. I mean, yeah. Kids they really don't buy toys, and it's because they don't advertise toys on TV anymore. Because you're not allowed to advertise children, so it's it, it was it was all a slow build. It was gonna happen. I, d- I still see toys sometimes on certain channels, but not like we used to back when we were younger. Like every commercial was like the hot new product coming this year, something like that. Whereas now you're lucky if you see a board game or like a new action figure or something targeted like to girls, like you know, like little. Yeah. Like dolls or something like that. Um, you see that kind of yeah, stuff. It's, but. It, it, it's rare. It's few and far between. It's nowhere like when we were. Kids. No, no, no. Every commercial back then, you know, back watching, you know, Saturday morning cartoons or, you know, Animaniacs after school or something like that. Every commercial or, or uh, Goof Troop, every commercial would have been a commercial, like a commercial for a toy or some type of game, but not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. But. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and move into what we've been playing over the past seven days. I myself have four games to talk about, but as always, you go first. So uh, what do you've got to talk about this week? I played eight games. But I'm gonna, it's going to be condensed, so I'm not going to go crazy. On the okay, 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 okay. Um, so what had happened was um, I was trying to build my Steam library, and in the back of my head, I'm like, I have Steam codes somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Thankfully, uh, they were Humble Bundle, so I sent them my email address. They sent me back my codes. I got all my SNK games back. Nice! Nice. Uh, so yeah, so I, I've been going crazy with these these things. So um, you sent me one of them. <laughs> I, I sent you one of them because I because I, I have I have multiple copies. Yeah. Um. So uh, I started off Baseball Stars two. Okay. Probably my, probably my favorite baseball game of all time. It's Baseball Stars two. Yeah. Okay. It's I, I know I know it's it's an older game ninety two. Yeah. yeah. Um. But all these games are initially released on the Neo Geo. Right. So. Well, that which was um, SNK's platform. So, exactly. I mean that that makes sense. Uh, there, now, <laughs> there is a crappier version of this game on the NES. That is okay. not my favorite baseball game. Okay. The, the, the arcade Neo Geo version is my favorite baseball game. Yeah. I play. I've been playing this game like a madman um, because 
I'm not as good as I, th- as I originally thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I, I still, I've, I've won quite a few, crack, cracking out home runs left and right. Right. Um, good game, definitely a good game. Uh, th- 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 my ranking meter one to ten. This is definitely a six or seven. Okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. Uh, next game I played was a game I've never played before, but I had it, so I wanted to play it. It's called The Last Blade. The Last Blade. Uh, I've not even heard of that. It, it's, 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 it's a, 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 a much every game is it's an SMK fighting game. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's Japanese based. There's swords, and it's it's okay. It looks good. Okay. It definitely looks good. Um, looks better than Street Fighter Two. Sure. Um. And it, it, there was a sequel to it. I don't have a sequel. I don't have the, the code for that. Okay. But, uh, it, 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 it was fun. It, it, it's, it's pretty weird, you know, because I'm a fighting game guy. It's weird to be using a sword if I'm not playing Soul Calibur. Right. Uh, the, the, the next trilogy of games or quadrilogy of games I've been playing, I've been going hardcore. This, is, this has been the bulk of what I've been playing. Metal Slug 1, Metal Slug 2, Metal Slug 3, and Metal Slug X. Okay, okay. X is the one you sent me, so... X, I sent you a copy of X, yeah. Yeah. These are... For anyone who's ever played, these are running good games. Yep. Um, very fun games, top. dude. Fun very, freaking they're, games. They're, they're fun. They're very over the top. They're not easy at the slightest. No. Um... My favorite part of the game is this stupid little sound effect that I do. I, it's, a, it's a random sound effect that I make even during like my normal days and conversations with people who are friends, not randoms. Uh, it's Rocky Launcher. <laughs> it's when you, get, when you get it, it makes that noise. And I'm, like, I'm pretty sure you do that to random people too. Well, not, not in business. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I haven't been fired for Rocky Launcher just yet. Um, no, that's coming yeah, soon. Cool. That's coming soon though. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a great thing to put on my resume. <laughs> I've completed one, two, and three, and I'm about eighty-five percent of the way through X. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I, I tell you, I've been going hardcore on these games. Okay. Um, for the series as a whole, eight and a half. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I used to play these in the arcade all the friggin' time, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so glad to actually have them here. Yeah. Um, another game, another two games. Uh, I played Shock Troopers one and two. Also SNK. Everything's SNK here except for the last game. Yeah. Um, it's another running gun, but this one's more like I want to say Contra. So you have like eight way okay. shooting. Okay. Um, and you can play as one of three characters, but they're it's all it's same thing, different skin. Yeah. But it's it's, it's pretty cool. It's, instead of you know, climb, you know, it's, it's like the, the the second level of Contra, where you're jumping up a level, you're actually climbing up vines, and it's pretty cool. It's I couldn't possibly do this game justice by explaining it to you. Sure. But it's Contra, but better. Like, a okay. better okay. of Contra without the crazy alien side story that became Contra. Uh, I would honestly give the series maybe a seven. Okay, okay, okay. But this last one was a game that, just a slight little story to it, never played this game before until a few years ago when I actually went to MAGFest. Okay. It's Mac Rose and Friends. Mm-hmm. And they had this game set up, and it's a side scrolling shooter arcade game okay. called Twinkle Star Sprites. Huh. Okay. Um, very over the top Japanese ish. Let me explain that. Sure, 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 sure. Um, very, very, very anime inspired. Okay. Um,. Super addicting and fun. Very, okay. it's, it's a very cute game too. <laughs> um, it's intense. Like once you start playing this game, you can't stop playing this game. Um, the whole time, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's, 
it's it's beautiful. It's funny. It's cute. Okay. And it's difficult as hell. Uh, SNK really like to make these games hard. SNK has some some very difficult games out there, dude. They do. And, and, and you know why they do that? I'll tell you why they do that. Because these were arcade games. Of and course. You had, it was so you put more quarters in. Of course. Uh, of course. But yeah, but yeah I, I played this game at MAGFest with someone who was a professional Twinkle Star Sprites player. That's like, a thing? They, they, they That's were, a thing? There's people who are professionals in like certain arcade games, and this is one of their ones that they said they were professional in. Huh. Watching them play, it's like poetry. It's like yeah, they know exactly what to do, and it, it, it's it's like watching the King of Kong. Okay, Billy Mitchell. You're like, I I I played Donkey Kong a hundred thousand times. There's no way I could be as perfect and precise. Yeah, as yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's what it was like. So it was pretty cool to somebody who was a professional, and he sat that he sat playing that game, which was set up for everyone to play for I don't know eight hours, nine hours. Okay. And he, you know, it's two players. He would let other people come in and play. I was one of the people to play, but jeez, man, I, I played more than one game. I, I played like twelve games this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my last game was something that I got out of the crappy game bundle. Like, it's, like I said, we buy crappy games here. Yeah, we, give them out. yeah we, we we buy crappy games, but every now and then one of those crappy games looks kind of appealing, so we check it out because, like I said, we it, like bad games. So it looked it looked interesting, and it came and it came with the soundtrack. I was like. Hey, if, if this game is promoting a soundtrack, maybe something to it, and it looked very synth wavy color, like very nineties retro. Okay. It's like okay. 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 So it's a puzzle game called Hexascope. Okay. And the basic, it's pretty much Pipe Dream. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. But, but, but all the um, all the tiles are already there in front of you. You have to just rearrange them. It's to, to connect one to another or one to several. Yeah. And. They're all little, they're all hexagons. So that's, that's where hexascope comes from. Okay. Um, and you can only take things that like so you have a power source and you're, and you're moving things out and you're connecting. Okay. You can only take things that, are, that, that you can only take pieces that connect to things that are powered <laughs> up. So you can only take pieces that are connected to what you're powered up. So it's a lot of moving things around and yeah. swap and yeah. Super, super, super fun. Um, it sounds fun. So, I mean, and, and I, so, I, honestly, honestly, I, I'm gonna take some screenshots eventually. Yeah. I want you to play this game because like, pipe, pipe, pipe Dream itself, I think, is a fun game, and I've always liked that game. It is, except, but it's very simple. A pipe Dream is not a hard game. This is not a simple game. This, this no, game, it sounds. It sounds because you have the the hexa, you know, the hexagons that you're working with instead of actually just squares. It sounds. It sounds a lot more challenging. My brain firing on all pistons for yeah, sure. It definitely sounds uh, a lot more challenging. I, I, after playing Metal Slug for a good ten hours, mm -hmm. I needed something to go ahead and get my brain going again because I was turning to mush, just shooting and killing. Uh, but yeah, Hexascope, new instant classic. Okay, I'll check it out. I'll check it out for sure. For sure, but uh, it's a that's the, that's the end of my games for the week. Uh, other than Final Fantasy VI, which I've been playing like a madman. Yep, which we just put an episode up for uh, revisiting the classics this past Saturday. We're just about to the point where we start where we're about to start Act Two. So we're, we've now talked up. We have one more boss fight to go, and then we'll be moving into Act Two, which is when the world changes. So if you're interested in listening to that, go check it out. You can find it on podcast services. That could actually be found in the Max Level Podcast feed if you're listening on iTunes and Google Play. It could also be found in its own podcast feed if you just search revisiting the classics. If you want to help us out subscribe to that as well it definitely helps us if you do that because it'll help us rank higher but if you don't want to and you just want to keep it stuck here with max level that's fine as well and you could also uh, view it on youtube we, we do put a, a a video version up on youtube but it's just a thumbnail with this with the same audio but um you know the youtube version sometimes doesn't have the backing music behind it but this week i forgot to remove it so it does <laughs> oh 
Also, this week I played a game called Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. No, you didn't, but I sure did. No, wait, no, wait, no I didn't. That was you. <laughs> I'm going to close with that one. We also played a little bit of Dead okay. by Daylight. We also played a little bit of Dead by Daylight. But, uh, we did play that as well. And, and I played a little bit of Warcraft, but we're not talking about those two games because nothing really new happened. Uh, I'm going to kick things off with I finally got a chance to jump into The Seven Deadly Sins, Knights of Britannia. Um, okay, I, was, I, I was waiting for some stuff to finish up um, exporting on the PC the other day, and I had like an hour and a half to kill, and I didn't really want to jump in anything else, and I couldn't play anything on PC, so I went over to PS4. This is before Nino Kuni 2 came out. I had already finished Secret Amount of HD, so I was like, well, what can I play? So I, I booted up Seven Deadly Sins, Knights of Britannia, and started going into it. Um, so remember how we were always talking about this game is like we thought it was half adventure, half fighting? Well, it is, but you can actually choose which one you want to do. So you could like at the start of the game, you could actually go into adventure mode or you could go into what it's called. I believe it's called dual mode, which is like the fighting aspect of the game. So um, if you go into adventure mode, basically what you're doing, you're you're playing one of the seven deadly sins uh, and or or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he is. And um, basically you're going through and you're trying to find the others to form your party and to take out the holy knights. No. So you're going around and doing stuff and you basically have this traveling bar. And you're trying to find out this inf- these information on the knights that you're trying to find. And you basically move from town to town on your traveling bar, which is on the back of a pig. Not not the pig you see in the trailers. That pig fights with you. But it's on the back of another pig. And you're just traveling around from town to town and gathering information, doing quests, doing side quests, and then doing random battles as they pop up on the overworld map. Um, it's mindless fun, dude. It's it's not there's not really a whole lot going on here. Uh, it's, it's clearly based on, you know, based on an anime, based on a, a series, so to speak. But um, it's not one that I've ever watched. So I'm not too familiar with with this particular brand, but it's it's fun, dude. And, I, and, I, and the game definitely has a lot of humor. It definitely has not fan service, so to speak. But, you know, the first character that you um, the, the first girl that you recruit and she becomes part of your tavern, she actually becomes like your waitress, your barmaid or whatever. You know, she's she's got like a short skirt and like she'll be working on tables and like during cutscenes, And you can see the character you play as sitting back there kind of like doing like the whole like framing thing and like just kind of watching her like it's just it's 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 a it's a humorous game. They definitely make jokes like that, but they're not taking themselves seriously. It's just they're, they're just meant to be funny. And um, the, the 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 true fun in the game is just going out there and, and taking part in battles. Uh, it's very Dynasty Warriors when it comes to battles. So you have um, you have a set number of enemies that will come onto screen at once and you just have to take out all the enemies. So as you get later into the game, I played for about, you know, a couple hours while I was waiting for this video to, to export. Uh, as you get later into the levels and later into the game, uh, you'll start getting timers on your missions. So you have to take out all the enemies within a set not, not limit of time or else you have to restart over. So when I stopped playing, I got to a battle where I had to play as the pig and I was trying to take out like 80 or 90 enemies within like a, a you know, 180 seconds or so three minutes. Um, I wasn't able to do it in time. I tried four or five times and I just wasn't able to do it. So there's clearly a tactic that I wasn't, that I didn't see or that I didn't know about. So I saved the game and stopped playing there. Like, I mean, I'm going to go back to it, but that's as far as I've gotten so far. So I, I am definitely going to go back to this. I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't jump into it sooner because I do think it's fun. Uh, the story, there's, there's not much to it. There's not much to the story. There's not much to the graphics, but the gameplay's fun. And, and that's that's all that matters to me. As long as it's a fun game exactly. to play, I'll be happy. That's, that's why we play games that fun. Yeah, I'll be happy as long as the gameplay stays fun until I finish it. Uh, the next game that I played, I just mentioned I finished, was Secret of Mana HD. I finally finished that. Uh, glad to be done with it because now I can finally say I didn't enjoy it as much as the original. 
um, which which is to be expected. Everyone kind of said that. But I was hoping that maybe me being someone that appreciates remakes and appreciates ports and likes playing through games again once they're remade, I thought I would like it more than the original or at least like it as much as the original. The soundtrack, I love it. So I absolutely love the soundtrack in Secret of Mana HD. I think the remastered soundtrack is really good, even though that I do still prefer the original soundtrack because it's what I grew up with. I still love the remastered soundtrack here in Secret of Mana HD. Um, I finished it, I want to say, like 29, 30, 31 hours. So right around the average time that it takes to finish these games uh, without grinding up. So, I mean, I really didn't grind out levels. I just kind of played the game at my own pace. Secret of Mana is not a game you ever really had to grind out in general. It was always one of those that you could just kind of play through and move on from one part, one plot point to the next and still finish the game because the game doesn't like throw like these hurdles at you or these boss fights that are ridiculously hard. Um but I, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I'm, and I'm glad I actually finished it. So I'm not going to do a full review on this. This will be the last time I talk about Secret Amount of HD here at Level Dunk Games, here at, unless something else happens, uh, and here on the Max Level Podcast. But it was it was definitely an enjoyable experience, and I do. Man, I recommend anyone that's played Secret of Mana to check this game out, because you might just find yourself enjoying it like I did. Um, again, like I said, I didn't like it as much as the original, but I still had fun with this, and it was still interesting to see what Square Enix was doing with this game, because if this does well, maybe we will get a new mana game, which is why I wanted to support this game. I want them to know I want more mana games. I want them to know I want more Valkyrie profile games, even though that one's coming to mobile, the, the Leneth remake. I wish they would be yeah. putting that on PS4 or even the Vita or 3DS or something. If they were putting it on those, I'd be happier than mobile. I'd rather have it on the 3DS or Vita as opposed to mobile or even PC. Come on, guys. I, I want <laughs> I, I want more of these games on 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 traditional platforms as opposed to mobile games. Uh, just because, you know, mobile games, I, I I think, are the reason why the industry is, has been in the microtransaction slump that it's been in. And I don't want to support mobile games, so I won't be picking up Valkyrie Profile Lanneth if it does come stateside once it, once it releases in Japan. But I, I obviously am interested in new mana games. We've heard rumors of maybe a new one in the works. Um, so anytime, anytime Square Enix is willing to do stuff like this, I, I'm always on board. And it's just a shame that... Uh, that they that they changed some of the some of the core stuff that made the Secret of Mana so much fun in the first place. Uh, the next game that I checked out this week is a little indie game by the name of Super Inefficient Golf. I don't know if you got to check this out when I was streaming it on Twitch the other day, but uh, Super Inefficient Golf is very very interesting, and I actually have a playthrough that went up on our YouTube channel. If you missed the twitchtv game stream when I did it the other day, it is up on our YouTube channel. It went up on Saturday. It posted at 3 p.m. So check that out. the vi- The video on demand portion is up on our YouTube channel if you want to go back and watch it. Um, this Super Inefficient Golf. It's exactly what it says. It's very inefficient golf. So you don't have a putter. You don't have, and it's mini golf, by the way. So, you, okay. it, it, and there's and there's only 18 holes. So there's only one round of holes. Uh, maybe they'll add more in the future. I don't know, but this is very, this is clearly a budget title, but they, they, they just threw this together because they had a fun idea and that's exactly what this game is. It's insanely fun. And I was having fun trying to figure out how to play this game and how to actually get the, the ball into the hole, because like I said, you don't have a putter. So how do you move your ball? Well, you use mines. So, (laughs) and explosives. So what you're doing at the start of each hole, you can attach. So each button, I was playing it with a controller. So ABXY on Steam. Uh, each button you can attach different colored mines to. So and they and they match the color of the buttons if you're if you're playing with an Xbox controller or the Logitech controller. The button colors are the same. So, like 
the Y button is yellow and you have four minds attached to that. X is blue and you have four minds attached to that. A is green. You have four minds attached to that. And uh, B is red and you have four minds attached to that. Well, you can attach up to four minds to the ball per color. So you can have a total of 16 minds when you start each hole. What you do is you can explode them in order as well. So, so say you want to go up. You can actually put mines underneath the ball to make it shoot up. And then you can put mines on the, the side facing you if you want to propel it uh, forward. So okay. so that's how you're basically moving the ball around the course. And um, that dude, really isn't efficient at all. it's not efficient. It's very inefficient. But I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's very, very fun because you can literally get a hole in one in every hole if you're if you're clever. So you can actually go through and you can actually set your minds that way. And I, I got out of the 18 holes, I think I got three hole in ones. So not not a very good record, but these holes are very challenging, especially when you see like me trying to do the 18th hole. It's insanely hard, dude. Like you really have to you really have to know these holes, know the trajectory that you're going to be following, know how this is going to know how the explosions are going to send the ball. If you really want to get a hole in one in every single hole, I, I do think it's impossible. I think the highest ranking I got for a particular hole was 64th out of the world, which isn't bad, but not not nearly as good as I want. I was I was aiming to try to get in the top 10 on one of these holes, but I never could. Uh, but, dude, it's it's fun. It, it took me like I think my entire playthrough for all 18 holes clocked in at right around 50 minutes. So it's it's not a long game. Uh, it's very but it's very fun. I had a lot of fun with it. And I didn't even realize until like the That's third or fourth. Hole, I didn't even realize till the third or fourth hole that you could actually put more mines on there and explode them in different orders. So I was just putting enough mines to move it once. I didn't know I could be doing it two, three or even four times. So if I if I would have known that within the first two holes, I probably could have easily got a hole in one on those two because they're just straight lines for the most part. They're just introductory courses like you would see at a normal putt putt golf course. So, but this game is a lot of fun. Shout out to the devs. They sent us a code so that we, we would do a, a Twitch stream of it and put it up on the YouTube channel. And I had a lot of fun with this game, man. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a blast. Like I said, I'm definitely going to play it again because not anytime soon, but I'm definitely going to play it again because I want to try to actually see if I can manage to get hole in ones on some of these courses that were, I was close on, but I actually couldn't figure out exactly how to do it. And I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to get the gameplay done and get the video done. The last game I played, you already mentioned, and that's Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. I started streaming it on Twitch this past Friday. I streamed it again on Sunday if you want to check that out. But um, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom is a, a lot of fun. And I am putting my gameplay videos up in anywhere from 45 minute to hour increments on the YouTube channel. I'm going to have the entire game on our YouTube channel with my playthrough. Uh, unfortunately, the first uh, the first. Um, the for part one for Nino Kuni two, the my mic audio is cut out for the first fifteen minutes because it was really choppy. It sounded like I was underwater, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut out the opening, uh, the opening moments of the game. So I just cut out my mic sounds when I when I exported that video. But um, is what it is. At least the game sounds still there. You just can't hear me till about 15, 20 minutes into the video. But I'm loving this game, dude. It's very, very beautiful. It's a gorgeous game, and it's everything that I wanted that I wanted Nino Kuni two to be. So it's the same art style. It's the same lovable world. I mean, you start out in Ding Dong Dell. You don't stay there very long, but you start out in Ding Dong Dell. 
And then, you know, an uprising happens and you basically have to restart a kingdom. And you're basically, you know, King Evan is trying to basically become the uniter of the world, so to speak, and basically bring everyone together. That's his purpose in this game. And, you know, to get there, you have the help of the Higgledies, which are those little creatures that you can see and that you can control in battle. You can have up to four equipped at a time and they, they actually do battle with you and you can give them commands and that kind of stuff. So they're like the familiars that you could actually, you know, capture and train up in the first game. Um, g- game's a blast, dude. I, it's a standard action RPG. I've been controlling Roland as opposed to Evan for the most part. You know, I, I, I like Roland's fighting style a little bit better. He's he's more of just the standard physical attacks, rush in, do battle, rush out. Whereas Evan, uh, he has some physical attacks, but he's more... He's got some skills. He's got some magic. He's got that kind of stuff. He can also heal. So I, I oppose. I, I've been pretty like a red mage. Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, pretty pretty much a red mage. Exactly. Um, so I've been kind of just playing the physical attacker, which is kind of how I like to play these games because I can just run in, run out. Um, I just got to the point in the game where I'm at now where I got my fourth party member. Uh, but you can only have three in battle at once. So you can only have three characters, which is just like the first game. So you can only have three doing battle with you at once. So you do have to pick and choose. Uh, I'm using the original three for now because I do like those those three as a team and those three, how the, you know, the characters in general. Not a huge fan of the fourth character I got yet, but I just got him. So I may I may st- may switch to him as, if his character grows on me. But uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of Nino Kuni 2 on Twitch over the next couple, probably week or so. Uh, I am planning a full week of Nino Kuni 2 streams. I will be live pretty much six to eight hours a day because I want to finish this game and I want to play this game. And I already said everything that I do for Nino Kuni 2 is going to be broadcast live at twitch.tv slash games. There will not be one single second of that game that does not appear on Twitch or our YouTube channel. Everything I do in that game is going up on Twitch and going up on YouTube. So I'm having a blast with this. I'm four and a half five hours in six hours maybe after after the first day of streaming uh we won't be playing today the day we record which is saturday saturday we played a way out we played the entire game hopefully if everything goes according to plan we played the entirety of a way out so if you uh if you want to check that out we should have some gameplay up on video on demand at twitch.tv slash games but we also should have should have it on the youtube channel as well if you want to check out our playthrough of a way out we are trying to break out of prison with that game so that that's going to be fun, dude. We, well, you, you and Brian I are going to have tr- a blast. Brian tried. I succeeded. You and I are going to have an absolute blast playing this game. I can't freaking wait to do this with you later today. But that is going to bring us to the close of what we've been playing over the past seven days, which is going to take us into the weekly scoop news report. We've got 16 items on the docket to talk about this week, and some of these are going to go pretty quick. So we're going to kick things off with big news. And the biggest news this week is that Nintendo has already started talking about their E3 2018 plans. So, you know, we've already had uh, EA announce some stuff. We've already had Bethesda announce some stuff. And we had Microsoft announce their stuff. Now Nintendo is jumping into the mix and announcing some things as well. We still do not know when their Nintendo Direct is going to take place. Usually it's the Tuesday of E3 uh, at noon. That's usually when it happens, noon Eastern. Um, it'll be a treehouse, right? It'll most likely, yeah, followed by a treehouse all day. Yep, they usually do all that. But what we do know is that Nintendo is going to host a Super Smash Brothers Invitational 2018 and Splatoon 2 World Championship Tournament during E3 in L.A. from June 11th to June 12th. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Invitational 2018 will be the first ever exhibition tournament featuring the recently announced Super Smash Brothers game for Switch, which means this game is 100% playable at E3 this year. I don't believe it. They already announced it. How do you not believe it? I I think it's going to be like a, an alpha build or something like that. It's no, gonna, no, no, no. The game's coming out this year. I know. I 100% believe the game is coming out this year. I don't think the game's done. 
the, the game is not done, but the, the game is done enough to where they can do they can have all the characters available to play as opposed to certain stages that they're going to have for the uh, for the invitational. So <laughs> so I, no, I they wouldn't have announced it if they if they wouldn't have been comfortable enough saying that they wouldn't have it ready by then. Um, I just think it's cool that they're actually doing the recently announced Smash Brothers game. So that's freaking awesome because that's definite. I, I was, it's, it's great news. I just, I just don't believe it yet. That's definite great news in that the game is releasing this year. So if, the, if there was any shadow of a doubt within people's minds that this game wasn't happening in 2018, that should erase that. The Splatoon 2 World Championship Tournament will be the first world championship for Splatoon 2 because they have done, obviously, um, you know, Splatoon World Championships, but never for Splatoon 2. Um Open qualifiers for teams of four ages uh, of so it's teams of four for Splatoon 2 ages 13 and up are going to take place April 21st, starting at 11 p.m. Pacific and finals take place on April 28th at 8 a.m. Pacific. Teams will compete in turf war matches during the open qualifiers and in ranked battle modes during the finals. So obviously, if uh, if they were doing, you know, qualifiers for Smash Brothers, I'd say you should try out. But Splatoon 2, I know you probably wouldn't do that good for that one. So I'm no, uh, no. I'm fine. <laughs> Um, let's go ahead and move into some game announcements. We have five game announcements to talk about this week, but technically we have like 50. So this one here is really, really interesting. I don't know if you saw this story. THQ Nordic is still trying to make their name and bring back the entirety of THQ's old catalog. So THQ Nordic and Nickelodeon have announced the global revival of several game titles connected with Nickelodeon properties. So if you remember, uh, THQ was the sole publisher of most Nickelodeon games when they were when they were coming to like GameCube, PS2, Xbox, that kind of stuff. I had the Rugrats game, I'm not lie. Yeah. So so THQ Nordic and Nickelodeon, the full list of game titles they're bringing back. Avatar the Last Airbender, Back at the Barnyard, Cat Scratch, Danny Phantom, El Tigre, Invader Zim, Jimmy Neutron, My Life as a Teenage Robot, Rocket Power, Rocco's Modern Life, Rugrats, SpongeBob SquarePants, Tack and the Power of Juju, The Fairly Odd Parents, The Ren and Stimpy Show, and The Wild Thornberries. THQ Nordic is going to announce on-shelf availability for these games in the later months. So we don't know exactly exactly what these games are yet, if they are just straight remakes, if they're just ports, or if they're brand new games. We have no idea yet. Um- Rockwell's Modern Life was what, a Super Nintendo game? Yeah, it was. It'd be cool to get a nice 3D version of that. I'd play that. Yeah. And this is this is a hot on the heels of Nickelodeon in general doing all these revivals for their TV shows. I don't know if you've been seeing this, but like a lot of TV shows on Nickelodeon are coming back. Blue's Clues is coming back, I saw. Like the the, the popular kids show that went away Clarissa's a long time ago. Clarissa's coming back to explain it all. Clarissa, yeah, Clarissa's coming back. I saw... Um, what else is coming? There's a uh, Hey Arnold's coming back. Um, there's a few others that I saw were coming back. So a ton of maybe, things. Maybe they'll bring back. Are you afraid of the dark? Ooh, that is the one show that needs to come back. That and um, there was another show I used to watch on on a science channel. I forget what it was called, but it had Michelle Trackenberg in it. Um, before, like when she was still a teenager, and she. How are you the spot? No, 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 no. <laughs> but she used to talk about like mysteries in the world and that kind of stuff. I forget what the uh, actual uh, show. I forget what the show was called. But uh, I, I used to watch that with my grandma every week when I, it was on. I, I want the secret world of Alex Mack, the video game. Was that Clarissa? That was, wasn't no. it? No, 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 no. That was the uh, the girl that had the radio radioactive stuff. For, right? Is that that show? She, she, she turned into a puzzle, uh, a puddle. I think her name was a Larissa Olenek, but that is me going really deep into my my nerdiness into my head i remember watching the show and she used to she used to turn into a puddle and because it was like she got radioactive waste spilled on her or something like that yeah and 
she was always with her brother, I remember, right? Or Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to watch that show, too. I used to watch that show. The uh, next game announcement, Futuristic Combat Racer Grip, is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch in 2018, in addition to its full PC release. Uh, this is being confirmed by publisher Wired Productions and developer Caged Element. Um, sounds interesting, dude. Fully enhanced for PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X, Grip was inspired by the Roll Cage games in the late 90s and backed by a highly skilled and accomplished team. Harnessing the power of Unreal Engine 4 to deliver gravity-defying physics alongside a bristling arsenal of outlandish weapons, Grip delivers the fastest, most competitive racing experience ever. Featuring a killer soundtrack, furious speeds, and intense action, Grip is guaranteed to generate unforgettable gaming moments, online and offline, with nail-biting split-screen racing and tournaments. We do have a trailer to watch for this one tomorrow on Game Oracle, so as always, join us tomorrow morning and check it out with us. This one here seems cool. Publisher Buka Entertainment and Redeemer developer Sobaka Studios have announced Nine Monkeys of Shaolin, an Unreal Engine 4-powered old-school beat-em-up coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC later this fall. Notice how every game being announced now does have the Switch attached to it because the Switch yeah. is doing so well. The only ones that don't are the ones that graphically cannot run on the Switch. Everything that can run on the Switch is running on the Switch. Nine Monkeys of Shaolin marks a true rebirth of the iconic brawler genre and vein of old-school video games. If, as a kid, you had hours of fun playing SNES or Sega beat-em-up video games, crushing foes left and right, then this new title from the creators of Hardcore Brawler Redeemer is definitely for you. As a mere Chinese fisherman, Wei Shang, you have to avenge the death of your friends and family slaughtered in a pirate raid at your peaceful village. Game protagonist, The game protagonist is quite a... Oh, I'm sorry. That's not how it goes. It says game protagonist is quite a tough nut to crack as he knows the basics of ancient martial arts are only mastered by legendary Shaolin monks. That sentence doesn't make sense, but I read it for what it was. Get your trusty battle staff ready for a challenging adventure in medieval China and for merciless fights with hordes of various enemies. Action-packed battles, user-friendly controls, and incredible atmosphere of great kung fu movies of the 70s. All this makes Nine Monkeys of Shaolin a perfect choice for every true fan of really hardcore brawlers. We do have the reveal trailer to watch for this tomorrow on Game Oracles, so... Join us and check it out. I am very excited for this. Night School Studio, who is the developer behind the Oxenfree game, have announced After Party, an adventure game where you play as Milo and Lola, recently deceased best friends who find themselves trying to outdrink Satan to get out of hell. This is going to announce this is going to be released for unannounced platforms in 2019. This is so synthwave, dude. In After Party, you play Milo and Lola, recently deceased best friends who suddenly find themselves staring down an eternity in hell. But there's a loophole. If you can outdrink Satan, he'll grant you re-entry to Earth. Milo and Lola are now dead, thirsty, and roaming the streets of nowhere, the outermost island of hell. It's time to, number one, go on the best bender ever. Number two, party with dangerous demons and the not-so-dearly departed. Number three, best and impressive satan's monarchs to gain entry to the big guy and number four drink satan under the table what adventures will you stumble through to in the underworld every step is up to you time to go on the best bender ever uncover the mystery of why you've been damned and drink the big guy under the table this game sounds so freaking cool dude and just looking at the screenshots it looks amazing yeah, i just i look at the screenshots and i'm down yeah this game <laughs> looks amazing so we have the announcement trailer to watch for this tomorrow on game oracle so we'll check it out then i'm sure we're absolutely gonna love it Bethesda Softworks has announced the Elder Scrolls Online Somerset, the next expansion pack for the Elder Scrolls Online game, which is due out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on June 5th and will be in early access on PC starting May 21st. By the decree of Queen Arian, Somerset Isle is now open to foreigners, but a daedric threat looms over the, breaking, uh, the breathtaking home of the High Elves. Travel to the Somerset Isle, reunite with old friends, and unravel a shadowy conspiracy that threatens all of Tamriel. 
The Elder Scrolls Online is a game I've never gotten into, but mm-hmm. just Justin played the crap out of this game and said it's absolutely amazing. And he told me I should play it because it's basically it's basically Skyrim in an online world. He said. So this game, um, it's it, it's it's an MMO, obviously, and uh, but he said it plays just like Skyrim. So he's not he's not I sure hope- why the game never caught on. Maybe because of the fact that when I play Skyrim, I want to be the only hero of the land. I don't want people help me out. Yeah, I but bring fo- I mean, you could have followers. I never brought my followers with me. Yeah, but see, I I don't know. I like MMOs, so I am very tempted to try this out. Now, Somerset obviously is a a fantastic area, the home of the High Elves. I love that area, so I, I'm very tempted to jump in to check this expansion out. But I don't really want to. Uh, play all the way up to get to this area because you know it's the latest expansion so you have to play through all the others to get here so i don't know uh i just never had a chance to check it out yet i i, I will jump into this eventually um because i am interested obviously in somerset but uh i just haven't had a chance i, I mean i play warcraft i had i played final fantasy 14 a bit so maybe i'll download other scrolls online at some point but you do have you still have to buy the game so you still have to actually purchase the game but once you purchase it there's no subscription required so you, you elder scrolls online is free to play so maybe if i can ever if I pick play, it if, if, if when I, when I do eventually play it, I'm going to play as an evil clown, and I'm going to just try to burn down all the kingdoms. Are you going to name him Kafka? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I uh, Maybe if I can actually... I, actually, I've honestly never looked for Elder Scrolls Online sales before, but maybe I'll start keeping an eye out for it now that Somerset's coming to see if I could actually pick these up on the cheap. Because I, I, I wouldn't mind checking this out now that, I've, now that I'm streaming on Twitch so much and have some time. Uh, that's the last game announcement, though, so we'll move into teases and leaks. We have one tease and leak to talk about this week. Uh, Gust shared some insight into the next Atelier title. Obviously, the, the 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 newest Atelier title is hitting the U.S. shores this week, which we'll get to here shortly. But it's obviously been out in Japan for a while now. So they shared some insight into the next Atelier title and its plans for 2018 during a looking back on Atelier Liddy and Suell and Gust's special broadcast that happened the other day. According to Gust producer Kaisuke Kikuchi, the next entry in the Atelier series will be announced around May or June, and it will bring the series 20th anniversary to a close. It will have a different disposition and offer a different experience compared to previous games in the series. It was described as having a festive feeling because it's a 20th anniversary title. So I'm curious what they're going to do here. Maybe they're going to do like a collaboration title where they bring all the all the former people back or something. I have no idea. I have no idea. But it'll, it'll be it'll be an interesting title, I'm sure, because they, they're definitely doing it as like a celebration and as a festival. So it's cool. It's cool. Um, so we'll see what that is when they announce it. We'll move into random news, though. We got quite a bit of random news to talk about, but half of this comes from the Spike Chunsoft GDC presentation that happened this past Friday. If you obviously, if you remember us talking about this a few weeks ago on the Maxwell podcast, we had talked about how when Spike Chunsoft opened up their North American subsidiary um, to to publish their own and localize their own games here in North America and, and in English, they announced they were also going to announce five new things at GDC. So we now know what these five are. So Spike Chunsoft is going to release Steinsgate Elite physically and digitally for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch and for PC in North America and Europe sometime in 2018. Steinsgate, obviously a fantastic visual novel. I absolutely love these games. They're so freaking good. So they're bringing Steinsgate Elite over to North America for PS4, Nintendo Switch and PC later this year. Uh, they also announced the next game from the Danganronpa developers. This is called Zonky Zero, The Last Beginning. They'll be coming physically and digitally for PlayStation 4 and for PC in North America and Europe, but they did not announce the release window for this game yet. This one sounds really interesting. So, um, 
this obviously, like I said, this is coming from a lot of the creators of the Danganronpa series. It's a new kind of survival game. You have to explore ruins, dungeons and islands in this post-apocalyptic world through the perspectives of eight protagonists as they fight for survival and search for meaning and their never ending cycles of life and death. So the way this works, it says God created the world in seven days. It only took one day for humans to destroy the world. Life as we knew it sank into the depths of the sea until yesterday. We do not yet know the broken. We do not yet know the broken world and the reasons left behind there an earth where the ruins drift about buildings houses light posts cars traffic lights asphalt modern civilization was destroyed becoming nothing more than debris waiting in the sea new ruins drift one after the other before the protagonists who live in one of these decaying islands so you play as eight clones um which are the seven deadly sins who have infinite life so you play from the perspectives of one of the eight protagonists in each chapter and explore the dungeons towers and islands to uncover the deadly sins of the protagonist's pasts Hunt for materials and food while fending off monsters in real-time battle environments, but don't forget to sleep, eat, and go to the bathroom. Seriously, it's bad for your health and fatal for your party. With only 13 days in one life cycle, each clone's stats, abilities, and capabilities differ from youth to old age. So within those 13 days, you go from a youth to an elderly person. Depending on how you die, you can even earn bonus upgrades for your next life cycle. Take advantage of each life cycle to the fullest. So this game sounds really freaking cool to me. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of the Danganronpa game. So whatever they're doing next, and this sounds like a mix of what they do with Danganronpa, obviously with the whole life and death stuff and, and doing these weird things, but with a whole reincarnation aspect to it, I'm so interested to check this out. We do have a trailer to watch for tomorrow on Game Oracles, but I do believe it is in Japanese. So, but we'll, we'll, we're still going to check this out because I can't wait to see That's what this game guys, looks like. I'll translate, don't worry. You will translate poorly. Uh, the Spike Chunsoft and developer Q Games. To get to the big news for Spike Chunsoft. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's coming. That's coming. Uh, Spike Chunsoft and developer Q Games have announced Pixel Junk Monsters 2. This tower defense sequel will launch dis uh, digitally for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch and for PC via Steam on May 25th for $15. Uh, I never played the original Pix Pixel Junk Monsters, so I'm not interested in another tower defense game. Um, they announced a delay to 428 Shibuya Scramble. It was previously um, planned to come out in spring here in North America and That's Europe. A visual novel? It is a visual novel. Yep. It is a visual novel. It's going to be released physically and digitally for PlayStation 4 and uh, obviously digitally for Steam. Um, th this was delayed there to an unspecified window, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. They also announced um, science fiction visual novel Robotics Notes is coming to North America and Europe. Uh, this is going to be it was first released for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 back in June of 2012 in Japan only. An enhanced version, Robotics Notes Elite, was released for Vita in June 2014 in Japan. So this is the first time it's coming stateside for um, and but they didn't announce platforms or when it's actually coming. And then the last bit of Spike Chunsoft news is that they finally announced they will be bringing obviously Fire at Pro Wrestling World has already been available on Steam. So you could have already been playing it. You do have a PC, but it will be launching for PlayStation 4, both physically and digitally in North America and Europe later this summer. Uh, it is already available. The full game is already available for Steam. It's already been out on Steam. So, uh, yeah, it's finally now coming to the PlayStation 4. And we do Where have the belongs. huh? Where it belongs. Uh, it's just as good on Steam. The game's not going to be any different on PS4. <laughs> you can play my PC for my couch. Yes, you can. I'm like, probably good. Yeah, you totally can, because I do it all the time. But, um, no, we have the PS4 announcement trailer to watch for Fire Pro Wrestling World for tomorrow on Game Oracle. So, as always, check it out with us. Uh, development on God of War for PlayStation 4 has gone gold, which means the game is done. Sony, Sony Interactive Entertainment announced the other day. 
Um, it is now ready for mass production to meet its expected release date of April 20th. So I am so excited for this game. I cannot wait. I was going to say, it better be done if it's coming on next month. <laughs> game, games, games always go gold a month before. So I just wanted okay. to announce that the game okay. actually did finish okay. because, you know, we, we've um, games always go gold about a month or two prior to release. That means they're now entering mass production for the game to be to be hitting store shelves. Yeah. Um, Are you buying the special ultra edition with the statue? No, just the regular edition. Just just the regular version. <laughs> CD Projekt Red has announced the opening of a new studio located in the city of Roklaw in southwestern Poland. CD Projekt Red Roklaw will join forces with CD Projekt Red Warsaw and Krakow to bolster the development of the company's upcoming futuristic RPG, Cyberpunk 2077. So now they have three full studios working on Cyberpunk, which means they are, they are now ramping up production, which means that this game probably... They're probably getting into a stage now where they needed more hands on deck because I have a feeling this game is going to be out late 2019 or early 2020. So this, this I cannot freaking wait for this game. Uh, obviously, CD Projekt Red, they take their time with development. The Witcher came out a few years ago, and they only work on one game at a time. So even though they announced CD yeah, Projekt but, Red... But, or, but then they have a whole Polish studio working on this thing. You know, they'll definitely help out. You no, know, it's definitely going to help out. It's definitely going to help out. But they obviously announced Cyberpunk 2077 before The Witcher 3 came out. But it was just a teaser trailer to let fans know what they were going to do next. Um, they, they, I, I feel like they didn't even start full production on Cyberpunk 2077 until after the last expansion for The Witcher 3 came out, which was uh, Blood and Wine. So they, they, they literally only have, they literally only do one game at a time. CD Projekt Red. Just, they're kind of like Rockstar. Whereas, you know, Rockstar typically only focuses on one, maybe two if we're lucky. Maybe two if we're lucky. Um, but CD Projekt Red is the same way. But that's why the games are so freaking good. And, you know, so many people remember their games and talk about them. I mean, The Witcher 3 is one of the best games of this generation. So um, I, I cannot wait to see what Cyberpunk becomes. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, when it does come out, if if the PlayStation 5 and whatever's coming next for Xbox is on the horizon, if this game still is a current gen title or if they put it as a launch title or within that time frame on the PS5, Xbox One, Two, whatever. I'll be curious to see what happens. So obviously, you know, if CD Projekt Red is planning for um, for future title or future platforms, they already probably have an idea of what they're developing for uh, this new studio, though. It's made up of 18 talented industry veterans. So they definitely are. They definitely brought in some good people to work on this game. So I'm excited. I'm excited what this means for the game. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collector's Edition is going to launch for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch and PC on May 29th. So you're not, are you getting this? You're not getting this? Why not? I'm still angry at you, Street Fighter. I thought, I you thought when give, we watched this on Game Oracles, you and I both said we were going to get it for the Switch. You should give it to me for free as recompense for buying Street Fighter 5. <laughs> They're not going to. Uh, Reach out to us here at Level Down Games. I want the code. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection contains 12 iconic titles in the series that each have their place in Street Fighter history. Uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Champions Edition, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting with online play, Super Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo with online play, um, Street Fighter Alpha, Street Fighter Alpha 2, Street Fighter Alpha 3 with online play, Street Fighter 3, Street Fighter 3 Second Impact, and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike with online play. Um, But yeah. We're, I'm getting this on Switch, and I thought you said you were, too, on Switch. I, I'm getting it. I'm just yeah. trying to be a jerk. No, I know. But as don't always, don't as always, yeah, you don't have to try too hard. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection is releasing on May 29th. Let's take a look at what's releasing this week in the week of March 26th in the new releases for this week. 
We've got five games coming this week. Nothing, well, I don't want to say nothing big because there's a big game this week. But uh, it's, it's kind of like last week where there's not a lot, but there's some good stuff coming. So we'll kick things off with tomorrow, Tuesday, March 27th, coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 4, is the, what I already mentioned earlier, the Atelier Liddy and Sewell, the Alchemists and the Mysterious Paintings, is finally coming here to North America. The gripping conclusion to the Mysterious series marks the 20th anniversary for the Atelier franchise, following the tale of the Alchemist twins, the reserved but caring Liddy, uh, Liddy Marlin and the eccentric and carefree Sewell Marlin. The young twins work alongside their father at the family atelier, atelier, but due to his inexperience in alchemy, they rarely see any customers. <laughs> While working hard to hone their skills, the duo uncovers a mysterious-looking painting, and as they reach out to investigate, the girls are drawn inside a world bountiful with rare materials, perfect for alchemy. This fateful discovery is just the beginning of the twins' adventure leading them to their joint goal, to run the best atelier in the country. This one sounds cool to me, and I really want to play this one. This one sounds cool to me. I really, really, really want to check this game out, and I'm hoping to play this. It's only chemistry, and I don't want it to work. Chemistry, dude. Chemistry is amazing. Everyone has good chemistry. Uh, coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One also tomorrow, a little game by the name of Far Cry 5. Welcome to Hope, uh, Hope County, Montana, home to a fanatical doomsday cult known as Eden's Gate. Stand up to cult leader Joseph Seed and his siblings, the Heralds, to spark the fires of resistance and liberate the besieged community. Playing this game 100%. Yes, yes. We, are, we are definitely yes, playing this game. We are. we are definitely getting this game. We are definitely playing this game. And um, I, I'm going to be starting this probably as soon as I finish Nino Kuni 2. So I will be starting Far Cry 5 hopefully within this week, but if not this week, then definitely early next week. But I'm definitely very excited for, for some Far Cry 5. Also coming tomorrow, exclusive to PlayStation 4, MLB The Show 18. The only baseball game that ever really releases that has a, uh, you know, a, a, an actual license behind it. Obviously, there's RBI Baseball that comes out uh, digitally on, you know, as an indie title. But uh, this is the only AAA baseball game that still releases. It still has retro mode. You still have the three inning games. There's no, obviously, there's no description for this game because it's literally just baseball. But it's the only authentically licensed baseball game you can actually get, so... It's a good series, too. And it's a great series. I usually buy these games every other year. So I bought MLB The Show 17, so I'm not buying MLB The Show 18. I'll buy MLB The Show 19 when it comes out next year, though. I usually buy these games on an every other year cycle. The last game come much not like Madden, though, where I buy Madden every year. I buy MLB The Show every other year. I buy NBA 2K, like, every two or three, every two or three years. Um, the last game coming tomorrow is to 3DS, 3DS exclusive, The Alliance Alive, which is one of those games coming from Atlas. The makers of The Legend of Legacy bring the classic JRPG back to form in The Alliance Alive, a new adventure that evokes the nostalgia of the JRPG greats by offering huge world exploration, an intertwining story of nine protagonists, and well-designed battle mechanics. 1,000 years ago, daemons invaded the world of humans. They subjugated humanity and created the Great Barrier to, subjugate the or to separate the realms. The world was thrown into upheaval, and the Dark Current was born. Humanity was decimated, and now daemons rule atop a hierarchy society. However, this time for resistance has come, or the time for resistance has come. The world is about to change yet again. This one looks cool. I definitely want to check this out when I have some spare funds to pick this up, but uh, it's not at the top of my list. But this one looks like a JRPG that I could definitely sink my teeth into on 3DS and really enjoy on the go. So I haven't had a good handheld 3D, uh, 3DS JRPG in a while, so I'll definitely be picking this one up at some point because it looks like a lot of fun to me. The last game coming this week is coming on Wednesday, March 28th. This is a PC-only release. It's a, a game called Long Gone Days, a 2D modern-day character-driven RPG that combines elements from visual novels, shooters, and dystopian fiction. 
Um, art style looks kind of interesting. I, I, I put this on my Steam wish list, so uh, we'll, we'll have to see. This one looks interesting. I'm going to keep an eye on it. So we'll have to see how, what this happens as it goes. It has some, some kind of like throwback graphics going on here. Uh, it, like I said, it seems cool. This one seems cool to me. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this and maybe pick it up when it goes Visual on sale. Novel shooter, but I didn't think I'd hear those in the same sentence. Visual novel shooter RPG that's character driven with 2D art style and dystopian fiction. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a, there's a lot going on here with this, a lot going on here. But that is it for the new releases for this week. So pick of the week. Do we really even have to do it? It's Far Cry 5. Far Cry 5 is absolutely the pick of the week. I'm assuming for both of us. Yeah. Um, even though I'm very excited for Atelier, Lydia, and Suelle, I'm, I'm still more excited for Far Cry 5. I think Far, 5, Far Cry 5 is going to be such a fantastic game. I've been excited for this since it got announced. Uh, the cult mechanics look so freaking cool. I'm very excited to check this game out. So, yeah, our, our pick of the week here on the Mexico Podcast and Noble Down Games is absolutely Far Cry 5. But I think it's time for a little podcast intermission. We will be right back. For today's podcast intermission, we're going to be taking a look at our show, Glow. It's a professional wrestling podcast found right here on Level Down Games every Thursday. Recently, Valina, El Francaro, and myself discussed Daniel Bryan being medically cleared to return to in-ring action within the WWE. Let's take a listen. All right, we're going to kick things off this week with what obviously is the biggest wrestling news to happen this week, and not just this week, but probably over the last few years. At least, yeah. in, at least in since he retired, and that is WWE has finally cleared, and not just the company, but their doctors have finally cleared Daniel Bryan to return to in-ring action within the World Wrestling Entertainment. Are we excited, uh, El Francaro? Are we excited? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, do you do you want to tell your story? Sure. So, I was at work yesterday, um, a crowded office, and I get a text message from a friend it says. Daniel Bryan's been paired by WWE to wrestle. And I audibly went, oh my God. <laughs> and people look at me like, oh my God, what happened? And I'm like, Daniel Bryan is cleared to wrestle. And I got to look like, oh, you friggin' nerd. We, uh, need, we, we needed Gallows and Anderson to bust through the door right there. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> but I, I, I'm really happy. I, I, I was filled with joy. I probably haven't felt that happy in a long time, which is a little sad, but whatever. I, I, I feel for Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he, like you said, he's chasing his dream. Mm -hmm. uh, not many of us can say we do that, you know? Right, right, right. But yeah, oh, but my, my, my heart is filled with love, and I cannot wait to see him uh, defeat the big dog for the Universal Championship. It's going to be <laughs> Not happening. Not happening. Valina, I saw you actually put up a video on this, so. Yes, yeah, so I just filmed something quickly last night. I think it's great. Uh, it's definitely long overdue. Mm -hmm. So, but I did post the question to my fans in the video. Isn't it a little weird how they're clearing him two weeks before WrestleMania? Oh, he's been cleared. I have a feeling he's been cleared for a while. No, but I'm saying publicly. Cleared. Right? No, 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 no. I know. Um, I, I mean, uh, this is clearly all publicity. This is clearly for right. a reason. I have right. a feeling he's probably been to cleared since maybe beginning of the yearish. More, more of a draw, more exposure yeah. to the show. Yeah. Um, I think this is great. Obviously, you know, mm -hmm. this is his dream, and this is his, you know, lifelong dream, his passion. So, yeah. of course, I support that. And honestly, he looked amazing in the ring last night with yeah, Sammy and that Kevin. Yeah, that was that wow. was really really well for not for not having done anything so since 2015 and for two years. Right. He looked really good, and obviously, it's maybe you know, I, I could say maybe like you know, just for a little criticism, like the the corner drop kicks were a little off, but they weren't that bad. And for doing I didn't it in street clothes and, and like nice shoes, he did pretty well for that. It's harder to wrestle in street clothes. E exactly. Yeah. They have no 
you know. Yeah, they have no give, but... and they have you just pretty much can't be more, as flexible. Right. How how poetic and beautiful is it though that he is returning at WrestleMania? Right. Yeah. Right. I know. Right. I like he definitely that. is the epitome of the true underdog story, and mm. I, I love an underdog, so I've always liked Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. Nothing against him whatsoever. Yep. I honestly got a little emotional when he was crying, giving Brie, like, putting her over. I thought that was sweet. That was nice of him. I, I, I do He's a really I, nice guy. I, 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 do think it's, uh, I do think it's touching that every time, literally every time he talks about her, he does start crying. Like, uh, yeah. uh, and just, like, literally yeah. every single time, so. Yeah. He's a modern day hippie and I love that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we won't get into too much of what happened with him because obviously this news came out a few a few hours before SmackDown. A lot of things did happen on SmackDown, so we'll we'll get We're gonna save our predictions yeah. for the prediction episode, which is gonna be amazing. Yeah, and, and we'll dive into some of the stuff that he went that he went over and went through when we get to our SmackDown recap a yeah. little later in the show. If you like what you heard, it can be found on your favorite podcast app of choice by simply searching Glow or Level Down Games. It can also be found on our YouTube channel. And now, back to more Max Level. And we're back. So for this episode of the Max Level Podcast, we actually have another dual main discussion here for you. We got two items to talk about. So I want to kick things off with something that I saw the other day on Reset Era. Obviously, the replacement forum for NeoGAF when it went, when it went to crap. I read that Ubisoft has fended off the takeover. They reached a deal with Vivendi for Vivendi's full exit from Ubisoft's share capital. So I want to talk about this for a little bit. So I want to, but I also want to read the, the article that came out. This is on um, finance.yahoo.com. Today, Ubisoft announced that it had signed an agreement with Vivendi for its full exit from Ubisoft's share capital with the sale of all of Vivendi's 30 million plus shares. The transaction includes an investment by two new long-term investors, the relationship investing arm of Ontario Teachers Public Equities Division, which is interesting, and Tencent, a share buyback by Ubisoft, an acquisition of shares by the uh, Guimont Brothers, um, SE, and an accelerated book building with institutional investors. Following the implementation of the transaction, Vivendi will no longer hold any shares in Ubisoft and has committed not to acquire any additional shares for the next five years. As part of the transaction, Ubisoft and Tencent have also announced today a strategic partnership that will significantly accelerate the reach of Ubisoft franchises in China throughout the coming years. Yves Guimont, CEO and co-founder, said, quote, The evolution in our shareholding is great news for Ubisoft. It was made possible thanks to the outstanding execution of our strategy and the decisive support of Ubisoft talents, players, and shareholders. I would like to warmly thank them all. The investment from new long-term shareholders in Ubisoft demonstrates their trust in our future value creation potential, and Ubisoft's share buyback will be beneficial to all shareholders. Finally, the new strategic partnership agreement we signed will enable Ubisoft to accelerate its development in China in the coming years and fully leverage a market with great potential. Today, Ubisoft is fully reaping the benefits of our long-term strategy and the successful transformations towards a more recurring and profitable business. Ubisoft is perfectly positioned to capture the numerous video game growth dri uh, drivers in the coming years. We are focused more than ever on delivering on our strategic plan. So this is hot on the heels, obviously, of the release of Far Cry 5 this week. Yeah. So I think this is awesome news, dude. And if you remember Ubisoft's E3 conference last year, He's always like he's always comes out on the stage and he he's, yeah. he's such a nice guy, man. He's such a nice guy. And he comes out and says, you know, 
we we are all about the fans. We're all about you guys. We do this for our love of the business. And the reason they did that, they brought the entirety of the Ubisoft development crew on stage last year at E3 to close out the show because they thought they were going to get bought out and shut down. Like they thought Vivendi was going to buy them out. So they were doing this as like a as, as like a final plea. Do not shut us down. Like we love making games. And we do not want to go anywhere. So this is great news, I think. And I think great news how, for the how, business. How great is it that Tencent is behind this? And Tencent, I mean, Tencent a massive company over in, uh, over I, in China. I, I, I mean, they have this little game at their stake game called uh, Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, this can only benefit the Chinese yeah. market. And, and Ubisoft in general. And Ubisoft in general. Because I think Ubisoft right now, in terms of the major AAA studios... Excluding Sony, excluding Nintendo, excluding Microsoft, major third-party AAA studios. So looking at Bethesda, looking at Ubisoft, looking at EA, looking at, you know, those studios, I think Ubisoft is up there near the top, if not at the top, if not if not the top. Ubisoft, yes, Ubisoft, yes, Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Ubisoft and Bethesda. Yeah, I mean, EA is going so downhill lately that it just, it, it amazes me. I was reading the other day uh, that develop like the development team on dragon age four is a skeleton crew so they have they pre- ea is pretty much putting all hands on deck for anthem which is destined to flop anthem is destined to flop so mm-hmm. it, it's just sad that you know they they're putting all their faith and trust in the anthem to hopefully get it off when they're not even doing anything with dragon age four which could be the game that brings back you know brings bioware back to what bioware used to be if they make it like like the old school dragon age the old school mass effects uh, in, in my heart of hearts, dude, I know that Anthem is the last Bioware game. I know it for a fact. I know Anthem is the last Bioware game. We're not going to see a Dragon Age 4. We're not going to see another Mass Effect game. Anthem is the last Bioware developed game because after Anthem flops, Bioware is RIP, dude. They're, they're going to get shut down. Uh, it, it's unfortunate that, they are, that they, are, they, they are pretty much on their end of days, so to speak, because... Huh. I, I feel like that they will be taken to that well and shot just like Maxis was, just like uh, Visceral Games, Visceral. Mm-hmm. just like just like all these studios that EA just shoots. And I just that's why I don't like EA. I mean, I like I like some of the games EA puts out, but I don't like their business practice. I, I really I, I more like this, the you know, you know, the Ubisoft model, the Bethesda model where they put some stuff into first party game or not first party games into first person single player games like you know they 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 still have you know like you have your evil within twos you have your offline skyrims you have your offline fallouts you know you still have your games like you know your um assassin's creeds your far cries where they yeah you might have some multiplayer elements in some of those games but these are single player story driven games and then you have a studio like sony who's out there doing just single player stuff Sony doesn't really do any multiplayer games at all. Like, and, and Sony has recently announced that they are going to triple down on the single player experience. Wasn't that their, was, was that their whole thing? Like, uh, yeah, they're tripled. They're, like, they're tripling down. Player one or something like that, or like, yeah, yeah. They're, no, that was, um, that was Bethesda. That was Bethesda. That okay, was Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah. Bethesda was safe player one during the game awards. But um, yeah, no, Sony has recently announced they're tripling down on single player experiences. So like, you know, God of War, like The Last of Us, like Horizon Zero Dawn, like all these games that are freaking awesome that we want more of. Not every single studio has to focus on these open world games. And really, you should leave it. No, Brian, you have to shoot multiplayer and all these things into a game. That's the EA model. It's unfortunate because I also (laughs) was just reading that... uh, 
the the Star Wars game that Visceral is working on is now confirmed to be open world, and it's confirmed to be an actual open world online connected game. So they've they've pretty much changed that into something that the game never was meant to be. So it, it, it's just unfortunate. But I, I wanted to touch upon this topic here for a little bit because it, it, it brings my heart joy to know that Ubisoft is not going anywhere. Like Vivendi now, them, them having to back off for the next five years. Obviously, Vivendi still really wants to get into the video game industry. They do. They, they used to be in it before. Uh, they were with uh, Activision until Activision partnered up with sure. Blizzard and became, you know, Activision Blizzard. So Vivendi really wants back in the video game market. But um you know, now now that Ubisoft has fought them off and have their freedom for the next five years, I'm wondering if they're maybe going to go after somebody else now. So we'll have to see. Maybe they'll go after someone else or maybe they'll literally just wait the five years and then try to go after Ubisoft once again. Uh, I hope not. I hope this kind of deters Vivendi from even trying to enter the market because I don't want them to screw somebody over, especially someone like Ubisoft, who I really think is a good studio with genuine you know, intentions. They really just want to help the market. They want to help the industry and they want to make good games. And Ubisoft has a lot of good IPs, like we were talking about. Far Cry, Assassin's Creed. They did Mario, uh, the Mario um, Kingdom, or Mario plus uh, Rabbids Kingdom Battle on Switch. And I'm still waiting for the South Park, uh, South Park uh, the Division. But I'm still, still waiting, still waiting for the next Splinter Cell game. And Beyond Good and Evil 2, which is in development. So there's a lot of things coming from, from Ubisoft. So I'm very glad that they're not going anywhere anytime I, soon. I don't like that Vivendi doesn't want to go from ground up they just want to take over someone yeah they they and they could they they had the capital they have the funds if they wanted to start they, a small studio but they, but they could resurrect like all these defunct studios they could just buy up the assets and just you know become their own thing but no which they, is they're, they're, which is kind of what nordic games did with thq nordic yeah and look, look at them now they're on the rise. <laughs> every, every great game that you like you look at like it's coming out from THQ yeah. Nordic. You know, it's, yeah so so yeah they could totally do that they could try to find or you know they could even partner up with someone like Atari to help with the Atari box or something like that. Like Vivendi could definitely, definitely do something to resurrect a, a, a past, you know, great, so to speak. But uh, they're just choosing not to, which is what it is. But I, I kind of wish they would do that route. So that way we, we have it's even more. Capital, yeah. yeah. That way we have more as opposed to the same amount with just a different name on it. So that'd be, it'd be cool to have more studios out there. So, yeah, congratulations to Ubisoft for fending off the takeover. Uh, that, that's fantastic news. I'm, I'm very happy for that. Um, the second half of our main discussion this week is we could potentially be learning some early information on a revision to the Nintendo Switch via, leaked, via the 5.0 leaked firmware, which is codenamed Mariko. Um, so I'm going to read through this. This is also on on the on reset era. So I, I, I really am not sure what to think of all this here. So so let's get reading through this. Um, th- thanks to the guys. And this was posted on reset era by Ethereos. I'm just going to read his thread because I, I can't make heads or tails of this. So I want, I want your opinion on this. This is all speculation right now. Thanks to the guys at Switchbrew, it's been discovered that firmware 5.0 is adding compatibility with an unannounced Switch revision with the codename Mariko. A new folder A was added in addition to the existing NX folder, containing a separate BCT and package 1. Both of these seem encrypted and meant for the new Mariko hardware that support was added for. The only thing we know is that the revision will use Tegra 214 instead of the current Tegra 210. 
The CPU upgrade is probably because the current Switch system on a chip includes a hardware vulnerability that makes hacking possible in all firmware uh, versions, even future ones. We don't know how different this revision would be. It could be a simple security upgrade or a new model, a la the new Nintendo 3DS. Either way, this means future Switch units will have a different system on chip, and current ones will probably become rare and more expensive because of the hacking possibilities. And then there's an update to the thread. It says this could be a uh, bigger than we originally thought. And they posted a, um, a tweet. It says found very strong evidence of a whole new PCB and eight gigabyte memory for the new Tegra 214 switch, which, uh, again, is codenamed uh, Mariko. Um, another this was also this is from another switch hacker that found all this. And he said now that these there could be new dev kits out there in the wild that have the eight gigabyte bump. But these dev kits may only be related to the new switch revision. And it's also convenient to remember what Nintendo said about revisions last year. It is Nintendo Switch, so maybe we'll switch it up. Um, remember, they did talk about maybe doing new ideas with, like they do with the 3DS. So what I want to talk about here for the next few minutes. Are we going to see something like a Nintendo Switch Pro? Or a Nintendo Switch X? Yeah, I think I think it's are. a given. I think it's a given. I think it's a given. In today's, in today's market, it's a given. If you remember, the, the PlayStation 4 Pro came out in 2016 right three years after the playstation 4 so if we're now just hearing about the nintendo switch mariko whatever they're gonna end up calling it it's codenamed mariko so if we're now just hearing about nintendo switch mariko it's you know we're three months into 2018 the switch came out march 2017 which means that this potentially could be releasing maybe mid to late 2019 which would put it around the same time frame as the playstation 4 pro when it came out I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, man. Why not? Did it have the freaking same life cycle as a cell phone? Come on now. It's not the same life cycle because the games will still work on your Switch. The games will still play on your Switch. Just like the games you play on PS4 work on your PS4. They look better on my PS4, but they'd still play on your PS4. Because I have the PlayStation 4 Pro. But you can still play all the same games I can. You just don't get you don't I'm get to take advantage of the some of the graphical upgrades. I just I don't I don't like it. I do, I do, because in, in today's in today's modern video game landscape, there's new graphic chips that come out on PC every year. You have the NVIDIA series, you know, you have the 970. The year the next year they're replaced by the 1070. The year after that they're replaced by the 1170. And then they're, you know, that's just how it works. So with P especially in the PC market, graphics are on the rise every year to two years. And you really have to stay on top of things. So I respect this. Instead of staying like the Nintendo 3DS, which has been on the market for like seven or eight years and looks like crap now, Nintendo at least is going to do revisions for the Switch every couple years to keep it upgraded and to keep it looking better and better. And I'm totally down with that. I'll, bu I'll buy every new model. Every you think this will extend the generations? Nope. Nope. Just like I don't think the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X extended those generations. I think that we will still see the PS5 late 2019 or sometime in 2020. Uh, I, I really do. I think the the console generation life cycle and if you look at the Wii, you look at the Wii U, Nintendo typically they're they're the ones that stick to the console's life cycle the the most hardcore. They stick to that five to six year life cycle. So I think that this coming out two and a half to three years into the Switch cycle, 
just just to have a little bit of a bump, maybe a little bit more graphical capabilities, a little bit more processing power to do some things. Maybe they'll actually have some system capabilities or maybe they'll incorporate it with Labo or something like that. Maybe just to do something different with the switch and to give it maybe more capabilities, I think makes perfect sense. And I will buy this by the uh, by the new model when it comes out. But I will say. I will keep my old switch because if they go up in price, I will sell it <laughs> because they said the hacking capabilities could jack the price up of the switch. Or what I could potentially do is sell the old switch to buy the new one. If they, if the, if the price goes on the rise, which is, which is what Justin yeah. does. Justin buys a new cell phone every year because he sells the old one for like a hundred dollars less than what he bought it for. And then just pays like 50 to a hundred bucks to get the new cell phones every single year. <laughs> I mean, being that they said, Everything's gonna be, isn't it, it's gonna be cloud-based for games, isn't it? Like where you'll be able, able to follow you. Like it wasn't the, it wasn't yeah, the that's new, with with the Nintendo online system. Yes, 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 yes. So I mean, maybe, maybe you know, maybe, in hindsight, probably not the worst thing because. No. Because now, now when you obviously want to switch from your 3DS to a new 3DS or something like that, it's a pain in the butt to transfer stuff over. Like it takes hours. You have to transfer everything, and then only certain things transfer. Like it, it's a pain in the butt. But uh, I think this is interesting because I, I for one. Never expected Nintendo to follow the same model that Sony and Microsoft are doing with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. But I'm kind of impressed that they are because that means they're actually taking the Switch serious. And they know that, you know, if they want to keep getting games put on the Switch like they are now, because right now games are coming to the Switch left and right. Games that can actually run on the Switch. But if they want that to keep happening and they want to keep getting games to come to the Switch, they're going to have to obviously stay up on top of modern technology. So... So in like a few years, I just feel I just feel it's too early for this, man. You always say that, but you you have to remember it's not coming out like next month. Like this is this these this is just now being leaked through firmware that's not even released. We're only on firmware three for the Switch. The firmware five is what's leaked. We're only still on firmware three So yeah, you have to realize that these things are not coming anytime soon, and it's not too early. The Switch has now been out for over a year. We started hearing rumblings about the PlayStation Four Pro not even a year and a half after the PS4 released and where everyone thought it was going to be like already the PS5. So you kind of have to get out of that mindset because that's, that's definitely an an older mindset. Like you're you're showing your age, you're showing your age, crotchety old man, get off my lawn. I need my PS4. (laughs) Back in my day when the PS4 was the most powerful thing. Still does. <laughs> no, your PC is more powerful than your PS4. Sure. Yeah, your PC is more powerful than your PS4 now. Now that you have an actual PC, uh, my PC has been more powerful than my PS4 since the PS before the PS4 even came out. So <laughs> this is unfortunate. My PS4 has been more powerful since before the PS4 even released. Um, which is why these companies need to stay up to date, which is why I wish they would either go to upgradable hardware for consoles or just start releasing a new one every year, because that would mean you don't have to. You don't have to buy one every year. Again, you do not have to buy the new switch when the switch comes out, because you can keep your old one. It all games will work that come out for the new switch will work on the old switch. That's just how it is. I mean, Nintendo is going to do the same thing that Sony did, the same thing that Microsoft did, where they, they're going to say, you know, if you put a game out on the new model, it still has to work on the old model. So, yeah, um, it just may not look as good. But um, I wish they would do this every year because that would let people that have the funds be able to upgrade and stay on top of technology. And you'd be guaranteed to get every single game that comes out on every platform. It'd be a, it'd be a very smart thing to do. Keep it upgraded like you can upgrade a PC and it'd be awesome. I'd be down. Guys, please let us know what you think in the comments below, because I I, I feel very indifferent to it. And maybe, maybe I'm in the minority. I just want to know. No, no, I think there's definitely, you know, there's there's split sides here. 
But um, you know, reading through reading through the uh, reading through the thread here on Reset Era, um, people like you know being an early adopter pays off because you got to exp- you know you got to experience the Switch for the most before you know if you were to buy it now or something and then the new one comes out. Um, people saying like probably won't be a performance upgrade, maybe something with just memory. Um, someone's like, well, I'm glad I already have a Switch. It means I don't have to buy a new one. So I mean, like, is it, people people don't care about I mean, this kind of stuff. It does need a bigger internal memory because you can, you can barely run what Noir. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 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 But so, I'm not agree here. Come on. That's that's too much. No. 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 This is definitely a good thing. I, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on this because I want to see what Nintendo does in the future because. This is good. This is this is only a good thing for the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo in general, as opposed to a home to, you know, in terms of a home console maker, because if they are going to stay up on technology, maybe they're finally understanding that with the Switch's success, this is what people want. So maybe this is what they're finally understanding and realizing. But uh, I know a lot of other things people want are retro games, which is going to bring us into Retro Game Rewind. What do you got for us this week? Let me take you back to a simpler time. A simpler okay. time back in my day in 1962. I'm 62, jerk. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's why my mother was born. Um, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, back in the day, mm-hmm. we had these things called arcades. Yeah, back in 1962. Uh, so, in the arcade, you put quarters into a machine and play. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, some kids don't know what arcades are nowadays. It's crazy. These things really don't exist all too often. They're all disappearing from the malls. Yep. But uh, this game did not make it into the arcade. I never saw it in the arcade. I, okay. I saw this game in my local um, video store. Uh, and this is just funny. My father had a restaurant, and just a few stores down, there was a video store. Mm-hmm. And they had two games. They had one, they had Metal Slug. Okay. Which I mentioned earlier. Which, which you've been playing earlier, yeah. Play the hell out of that game. Like I said, I, I, I love that game. The other game, well, a very weird game. Very, very weird game where you play as uh, kind, of, kind of like a smoothly dressed guy um, and you're trying to save children from an evil drug dealer. Mm. Um, and the, the, your character, his name was Michael Jackson. <laughs> Is this Moonwalker? It is absolutely Moonwalker. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Okay. I played this on the Genesis, dude. I, I, I'm going to get to that here in a second as well. Uh, uh, the Genesis. So, okay. So the arcade version of this game was a three-quarter beat-up, and you play as Michael Jackson, um, and you're going through. You're saving kids from the evil Mr. Big, and if you if you come across Bubbles the Chimp during the game, mm-hmm. you turn into Robo Mecha uh, Michael Jackson, and you can shoot lasers and rockets. It's really awesome. Yeah. Um, he also has dance powers where he can make, or where all the enemies will break out into a dance move. So yeah. there, there was, there was bad thriller, smooth criminal, all the big hits. They're also they're also doing the dances. And during, those dances <laughs> and during those dances, Michael Jackson could kill, he could uh, easily destroy the enemies. Yeah. <laughs> this is a game that like I, I would pass it every single time because I would go to this video store for really one reason is to go and get the video game to rent a video game. Yeah. Um, and as you walk by the arcades, you see you hear I'm like, what the hell is this? And why is this next? What is this stupid game next to Metal Slug? Uh, so 
out of my quarters. I'm playing it. I'm like, oh my god, it's Michael Jackson. Like, uh, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. I know who Michael Jackson is. <laughs> and I'm playing it. And the King it's of Pop, weird. son. The King of Pop. And, and, and you're saving children. And I'm like, even in my, even in my head, I'm like, it's a little weird, Michael and kids. Okay. <laughs> uh, but whatever. So it takes me into the fact that I, I really like this game. This is really fun. Mm-hmm. So I rent the Sega version that you had mentioned. Yes. A little different. A little different. I'm sure of it. The, the, the Sega version was more of a Shinobi style kind of side, side, side scroller. Yeah, it was a side scroller. Um, was, so they're, they're definitely, they're, they're but it's the only one I've ever played. I've never played the other version, so it's the only one I've ever played. Was the Sega Genesis version? Whereas the arcade version of Moonwalker, I would put it as a nine, like literally that good of a game. Okay. The Genesis version, somewhere around a five. Yeah, I was gonna say five or six, probably closer not, not, to a five. Yeah, not really a great game, mm-hmm. but Michael Jackson was legitimately behind these games he you know he mm-hmm. that was his likeness but his music was in these this, games this came after the whole stuff with the sonic thing that he was working on he he wanted to do a video game with his own stuff after working on sonic yeah it was sonic 3 yeah. he actually his music like he, he the music was he, he composed the music for sonic 3 right but he he removed his for all credits because he wasn't happy with the, the game's final product yeah yep so uh but yeah it's such a fun game i would love for them to like release the arcade version on a console because mm-hmm. um, I remember and yeah she makes it into a story me and Nicole playing this game hey uh, see, there she is <laughs> I, I, I would play as one Michael Jackson she would play as another Michael Jackson mm-hmm. um, they're, they're just different color suits yeah but just the whole time you know just being a child of the 80s just like singing these songs as you're going along like hey, child, you child of the 60s no not in the 60s <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just I have nothing but good memories of this. I just uh-huh. I was reminiscing about the, the the video store the other day with uh, my sister. Okay, about how he's how he used to love just going in there and giving this guy hell, like just was asking it, for. The, was it always the same I, guy that worked there? It was. And just was asking it? him for asking him for just random stupid stuff all the time. Was his name Randy? That was cool. What was his name? I think it was Juan. Randy Marsh. Randy Marsh. <laughs> Yes, the, the last owner of a, of a blockbuster. Now, <laughs> I would have, I would love to play this game again. I, I actually, at MacFest, they have all these arcade machines. Mm. I walked the entire floor looking to see if someone had an arcade machine. You know what's it, unfortunate is this game is not going to be included on the Sega Genesis Classics game. It should. It should it really be. Should. It should be. It should be. I mean, it should definitely, definitely be on the Sega um, classics, but not the Sega Genesis classics because the Genesis version sucks. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Sega classics, yeah. But, but, but say, I'm not, I, they have to remake this. Like, you know, it's instant cash in. It was tied into the horrible Moonwalker movie that I saw. I don't know that they're ever going to remake this now. In, in today's age, I just don't think they will. Unfortunately, I don't think they will. I mean, it's definitely a product of its times. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, but like, that'd be like, that'd be like releasing a new Shaq Fu in 2018. That'll never happen. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> yeah, which that's that, that's my retro game rewind. Like I said, just I miss you, Michael. I uh, I played this game at my friend Maggie's house. Uh, she was having a pool party one summer, and uh, I didn't even realize this was a game. And I was over there with a bunch of other kids, and uh, most of most of the kids had left, and it was just me, her, and a few others left over. And we went into her room, and she had a Genesis hooked up. And I saw Moonwalker. I was like, "What the heck is this game?" And she's like, "Oh, it's Moonwalker with Michael Jackson. You want to play?" I was like yeah let's check this out so we started playing it and uh 
I that's the only time I've ever played that game. Only memory I have of that game is with her playing that in in her room at a pool party in like, God, I don't know, late '90s, mid '90s, somewhere in that area. I don't somewhere in that era. I don't remember exactly when it was, but uh, I, I was just a young little kid at the time. But it was it was an interesting game. I never finished the game because I obviously only played it while I was there with her uh, at her house. But I never actually finished that game. When I was, I guess the thought that came to my mind was, how would you make a modern remake of like, like how would a, what would the modern version of this be? Would it be like Usher's Dance Party or Justin Bieber's Island Adventure? Like, what? well, there is a game called Britney's Dance Beat on the Game Boy Advance. There is Britney's Dance Beat on the Game Boy. Advance. And shout out to uh, Justin, he finished that game in one sitting at GameStop one one shift at work when we were bored. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't think they could, uh, for one, there's no arcade games. To my knowledge being pumped out anymore. No, but uh, like, I, I don't think I don't think this will ever be recaptured. It's, it's I doubt it. It's a little, but I want it to happen. So I'm gonna make this happen. Okay. You fund it. You put it on Kickstarter and you get it going and you make the game. Gucci Gang, the video game. Oh man. Why not starring just... Lil <laughs> or it's starring starring six nine, dude. Starring six nine. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. But I do think, speaking of music, but let's talk about good music. It's time to kickstart my heart. That that music's bad. Well, Michael Jackson's good music, but Gucci Gang and um, 6 9 bad music. But let's talk about good music here. Let's let's kickstart my heart, dude. And uh, let, let's take a look at um, a, a Kickstarter that I found that just barely has passed its goal so far. It's still got seven days to go. But this one here is kind of a, a horror game. It's a photorealistic horror game. And it's called The Beast Inside. So it says, Fear, paranoia, fate. The best of horror and thriller merged in the multi-layered story of madness and forgotten horrifying secrets. They were looking for $46,464, which was converted from Canadian dollars. Uh, they were looking for 60000 Canadian dollars. Uh, they're currently sitting at 56486 US dollars. So they've they've exceeded their goal in terms of Canadian dollars by 12,000. In terms of US dollars, they've exceeded it by 10,000. Uh, it has 1849 backers. It got seven days to go. Um, this one looks really cool, though. It says here, from a psychosis of a present to a madness of a past, from Cold War's paranoia to Civil War's darkest days, The Beast Inside is a gripping new twist on thriller and survival horror genres, telling a multi-layered story about cryptanalysts discovering a hundred-year-old murder mystery that not only remains unresolved, but also puts his very life at risk. So this sounds interesting, and I like the artwork that they're showing here on the Kickstarter page. Um, it says here, discover the secrets buried many years ago by playing both as Adam, a Cold War cryptanalyst working for the CIA, and Nicholas, a mysterious man from the 19th century. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're taking a look at this, right? I watched the trailer and jumped a little bit. So. Okay, yeah, I watched the trailer too uh, the other day when I, when I picked this out. So it says here, the story of the game. Adam, a CIA cryptanalyst, leaves Boston and moves to the country with his wife, Emma. His handlers are afraid they won't be able to keep him safe there, but Adam believes he needs a peaceful place in the woodland where he can work on cracking Soviet code altering the course of the Cold War. As it turns out, the area which he has chosen is quite the opposite of a peaceful place. One day in the attic of his new home, Adam finds a secret diary of a mysterious Nicholas. Once opened, the diary carries all the nightmares of the past right into the present, putting the lives of both Adam and Emma in a great danger. How come the mysteries from Civil War, the Civil War's era seem to be connected to what is happening during the Cold War? Who was Nicholas, the man who lived in that house more than 100 years ago? This just sounds like a game that I would absolutely love. 
First of all, it looks beautiful. It does, it does look beautiful. It's a very... It's, it's a ghost story. Like, it's it's a ghost story. It's a creepy game. It's got a lot of jump scares. It's a great game to stream on Twitch. People want to see the jump scares. Um, and this is a game that is dealing with history. So the Civil War, another period in time that I really like reading about and really like studying. Like, obviously, my, the American Revolution is my favorite time period in history. Civil War is right up there near the top as well. Like, I love reading about the Civil War time stuff. Uh, the South Park episode about the Civil War reenactments is a hilarious episode. It's just like the South Park episode about the American Revolution is a hilarious episode. But, um, you know, I, I just love those t two time periods. And to be able to have a game that kind of delves into that past and brings it up into a modern time in the Cold War, which, again, Cold War is still history itself. You know, we, we're, we're no longer in the Cold War, but... That wasn't that long ago. 60 years, 50 years, 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not that long ago. Less than that, even. Um, so I can't wait to check this some, out. Some would say the Cold War never really ended. Some would say the Cold War never really ended. Some would say that. Some would be wrong, but but some would say that. <laughs> um, and they have they have demos of this game out there. It looks like they, uh, you know, they sent it to a couple big name YouTube uh, streamers and stuff. And... I wish I would have been able to check this game out because this game looks really, really freaking cool. Uh, the player alternately takes the role of the two protagonists, both Adam and Nicholas, living more than a century apart. Adam's in 1979. Okay, so yeah, about 40 years. And Nicholas is in 1864. And you play through these two time periods in the same house. And dude, the graphics are good, man. The graphics are good. It's a semi-open world from, from a first-person perspective controlling two different protagonists in two different time periods. Every item is fully interactive. You can interact with the environment and solve physics-based puzzles. Like, you can pick locks, you can try to do things, you can move stuff around, break and decipher codes, looking for clues in old texts. Uh, it says hiding or running away from a wide range of entities dead or chasing you. Or you can fight them using a revolver, environmental advantages, or your wits. Realistic graphics achieved with the magic of Unreal Engine 4 and an extended use of photogrammetry techniques, which I don't even know what photogrammetry is, dude. I don't even know what techniques those are, but I want to see. I want to play this game. I want to see these photogrammetry you techniques. You know what these techniques are. Yeah, I want to know what these are, dude. I want to know what these are. Um, so I, so I want to see here. Oh, yeah, it does. Okay, so I, I want to obviously we know about Adam, but I want to see if it tells us about Nicholas and it does. And if you look at the pictures of these two, they kind of look similar. Like, Nicholas and Adam look similar. Like, they could be related almost. So, Nicholas is a mysterious man who lived in 19th century in the same house as Adam and his wife, Emma, that they just recently moved into. He kept an enigmatic diary with a detailed description of a supernatural phenomena he'd encountered while searching for his missing father. The consequences of his decisions reach far into the future. I am in for this game, dude. I am in for this game. Like, this looks cool to me. Brian, I think you have to go for the uh, 130 Canadian uh, tier. What's that give you? So you'll get a full Steam key. Uh, you'll get a Steam key for the game called Agony. Which okay. Is game they make. Yeah. You get a you get the full version of Lust for Darkness, another game they make. Okay. Obviously a Steam, obviously the Steam key for this game. Your name will be engraved on a cemetery obelisk in the game. You'll get exclusive updates only to backers and your name will be in the credits you get a pack of wallpapers you get the demo which you'll play now they'll put you in the beta in december you get the soundtrack the art book and an ebook for the whole story of this game wow limited to 100 backers 64 people have gotten it brian get on this now 130 canadian dollars translate to about 100 us dollars 
It's 100, 130 is $101, so. Okay, there you go. That's why I said about $100. Um, <laughs> what I think we need to start doing here, what I think we should start doing, is jumping on this kind of stuff, and you and I splitting it. And instead of putting our names, we put Level Down Games in there. Because they'll let you put whatever you want. So we could put this is same name or nickname. Yeah, we could put level down games on the tombstone in the game. We could put level down games on the credits. I mean, we should start doing stuff like that, just to just to help these people out. I mean, obviously, if we do that, we're not gonna review the games because we have a stake in the game. Then, like we we actually kick you know kickstarted these games, so we're not making anything off it. But I, I wouldn't feel it's right to you know review these games if we did help develop them or help you know fund these games. So I. Uh, I think we should start doing that when we have some extra money, just to get the Level Down Games name out there some more. What do you think? Good idea. We, we, we could uh, work that. We'll, we'll see if we can get that to happen here. Yeah. So I'm looking at the stretch goals here. They're at seventy-two thousand Canadian dollars, which means they've already hit the more gameplay mechanics stretch goal. At seventy-five thousand Canadian dollars, they'll add twelve languages into the game. If they get to eighty thousand, they'll do mo more motion and face capture. If they get to ninety thousand, they'll add an additional location. If they get to a hundred thousand, they'll add multiple endings. If they get to one hundred fifteen thousand, they'll put the game on Xbox One and PS4. And if they get to one hundred thirty thousand, they'll actually add a VR mode. And they said here, if they get to two hundred fifty thousand, there's an ultimate surprise waiting for people. So, never come out. <laughs> the game never releases. They take the money and run. <laughs> take the money surprise. and run. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, they're sitting at, like I said, 70,000. They have seven days to go, so I'm at least hoping they get to the 100,000 for the multiple endings, because I would love to have this game to have multiple endings. But again, the game is called The Beast Inside. It's on Kickstarter currently with seven days to go. As of time of recording, by the time you hear this, there'll be five days to go. So if you're interested in a, in a photorealistic psychological horror game, look this up. Maybe you'll want to pledge. I, I think this game looks really cool, and I want to play it when it comes out. Oh. Yeah, I really, really want to play this game. But speaking of horror, that brings us into... It's time for a little Are You Afraid of the Dark? And uh, I got a good one here in this one. I got a good one here. It's not a long one. This is not a long one. But I got a good one for Are You Afraid of the Dark this week. So, another creepypasta, because that's what everyone likes, apparently. Which, I'm okay with it, because I like reading these, too. Submitted for the approval of the Level Down Games Society. I call this story The Tale of the Wicked House. I am not surprised, not at all. Moving from house to house has been my parents' passion since I was a little toddler. I guess there is nothing else I can do to change it. We'll be moving until my parents are happy. I just didn't get why they had to move a lot. When I asked them, I always got the same reply. We feel we must. That didn't tell me anything, and neither did it today. They didn't have a job that made them move. They didn't even have a job outside the city. So I didn't quite understand why we moved around. This is our fourth house we have moved into, by the way, if it's important for you to know. But there was this weird feeling about it. This house was different. There was something more about this house than was, not, that, than was seen at the moment when we moved in. I could not just put my finger on what it was. My parents didn't seem too bothered by this, and neither did my brothers. Weird. I couldn't be the only one that felt this uneasiness. Or am I? Ever since I was born, I always felt watched by something or someone. I don't really know what it is. This house is wonderful, my mother said to us. I didn't know if I should have agreed with her, but the rest of my family seemed to do so. I guess I had to as well. I didn't want to be the weird child in the family. I was picked on by my brothers and friends enough. I didn't need to be picked on more than I already was. 
I am getting pretty tired of it. I did all choice mother I did all the chores mother ever told me to do. It was enough punishment. As we went inside the house, it was different from the outside. I actually liked it. The house outside looked old, dirty, and seemed to collapse at any moment. But on the inside, my god, it was like I stepped into another world. From the dark, gloomy world outside, to a colorful, cheery world on the inside. I saw a good future in this house. I never had one in the other houses, since I knew we would move a half a year later. The furniture was still here. I guess the first owner didn't have any idea of selling them. Must have been a rich guy. We always needed to sell our furniture when we moved, and buy new ones in the next house. But thanks to this house, we saved some extra money. Then maybe my bratty brother then maybe my bratty brother gets happy for once and will finally shut up for some months. I would really believe in God if that happened. My mother and father went upstairs to look at our bedrooms. My brothers and I went outside again to look at the backyard. It was beautiful. A big pool, a barbecue stand, a hot tub. Now I really believe in God. A tree house, and the list goes on and on. I could continue as my heart desires if I wanted to. And as I get and as I would guess, my brother went into the pool. They quickly changed to their swimwear and jumped into the pool. All four at once. I am glad I didn't stand close to them, or else I would have looked like a wet dog. But as I looked at my brothers having their little fun time in the pool, I heard a click coming from behind me. I looked behind me. Nothing was there. Hey, Jenny, hearing ghosts, my brothers yelled after them. I looked back at them with, anno with an annoyed face. No, I don't, I yelled back a bit irritated, but I sighed and knew I should ignore my brothers. Just as mother said, they were in the state of adulthood. <laughs> That's not enough to describe these imbeciles. But once more, I heard this click noise again. Now it seemed louder. And after the click noise, I decided to go to wherever the noise came from. Of course I was curious. I wanted to know if I was crazy or not. As I stood at the exact spot where I heard the click noise, I heard it once more but further away. As I came to that spot, I noticed my father in his room through the window. I got refiled somewhat. He was at the computer. That could be the source of the clicking noise. I laughed at myself, thinking how silly I was. Maybe moving from house to house had taken the best of me, but I still had this feeling, the feeling to go downstairs to the basement. Did we even have a basement? I don't know. Still, I felt like I did know. It's hard to explain it, but I knew where I was going. I went into the garage and down the stairs. Where the heck am I? I asked myself. The room was pitch black, but I finally noticed the little lamp in the middle of the room. I had my focus on it and walked towards it. As I turned on the light, I was, start I was startled of what I saw. Tombstones. A lot of them. As I walked towards the tombstones, I noticed it was families, toddlers, kids, teenagers, adults, and even elders. I shivered with fear. How did I know this was here? In fear, I ran back upstairs to my parents. I immediately told them what I saw. They just laughed and said I was tired, that I should go to sleep. It was late at night, so I agreed with them. Maybe I was just tired. As I lay on my bed, I couldn't sleep. What were those tombstones there for? Was it the first owners of this house? I had no idea. I began to get slowly more tired, and eventually I fell asleep. Days, weeks, and months went on as normal as I was about to turn 18. I was excited and couldn't sleep that night. I was so nervous what was in store for me. But as I woke up, I heard the sound I always hated to hear. Mother was crying. I wondered what was wrong, so I head downstairs to her. Father tried to comfort her, but was also crying. I went towards them and asked what was wrong. The answer would truly scar me forever. Your brothers drowned in the pool last night, he says. I couldn't hold back the tears. Neither could I cry. I was so shocked. My brothers, all of them, dead. But that wasn't all. But when we came back, they were gone, father said. Could someone have drowned them and sneaked them away with their bodies? This is awful. Not to mention this was on my 18th birthday, which wasn't so important right now. But my brothers were gone for good. I got this feeling again that someone was watching me somewhere. I felt I needed to go somewhere. I ran back to the garage towards the lamp and lit it. In horror, 
It was as I suspected, and I just wanted to pinch myself and hit myself. I wanted to wake up. Four tombstones stood there. I broke down to my knees and began to cry. This cannot be happening. It's just a dream. I showed my parents the tombstones. They were shocked, but how could this be? And how could these bodies have been moved down here? My mother and father began to pack immediately after what had happened. The death of my brothers. The bodies moved down to the basement. And the tombstones from nowhere with their name on it. Would we go insane if we stayed longer? We would go insane if we stayed any longer in this house. A sudden heat struck me, also the smoke. I ran downstairs to see what was going on, my parents in the middle of the sea of fire, screaming in terror. I tried in all of my power to stop the fire. It was hopeless. Both went to ashes and tombstones were made. They moved down to the basement once more. I shivered. I didn't go down the basement this time. I tried to run outside to get the heck out of here, but the door was no longer there. There was no way out. I shivered and went down on my knees in fear. I didn't want to eat at all. I was left. At the end, I died of hunger. A tombstone was made of me too, but I didn't move down to the basement as well. Instead, before I did, a blue box popped up. I was able to read it as I faded away. You have no Sims left in this household. Quit this household and make a new family. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Like, yeah. Because you said the click, I was like, are you people Sims? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. This was this was the life of what happens when you mercilessly murder your Sims every single time you and play I this do. game. And I do. I know you do, and I know Jessica does, and I mean that's what everyone does when they play the Sims. They eventually get tired and kill off the families. Like that's just what How people dare do. They be happier and more successful than me. <laughs> you must, uh, I am the best. So I was reading through some some creepy pastas, and I found this, and I was like, dude, this is freaking. Because oh, cool. the whole time, the whole time, I'm thinking, how does this relate to a game, Brian? How does this relate to a game? And then when I heard the click, I was like, ah, I got it. Okay, okay this is awesome. I, I always relate it to a game somehow. I always find one that relates to a do. game it, somehow. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it has to be related to a game. It's a video game podcast. So I'm not just gonna re read unless we ever run out of stuff and people want me just to do generic creepy pastas. Then I will. I still want to do Are You Afraid of the Dark because I love it, and I still want to go back to do like some of the theories and that kind of stuff that we were, that we started out doing. But apparently people are having a lot of fun listening to these creepypastas. So I want to keep doing what, what the fans want to listen to. So that's all we're going to keep doing. Are you afraid of the dark based on creepypastas for now, yeah. for now, as long as we don't run out of stuff. But I do think that's going to bring us to the close of the episode this week, unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss. Please, for the love of God, take some of these crappy steam games from this place. <laughs> We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to Max Level this week, and we also want to thank Dance with the Dead once again for their music. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis, remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. If you enjoyed what we had to say and are watching us on YouTube, like, share, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening on either iTunes iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't already done so, as it definitely helps us in terms of search results. And if you didn't like what we had to say, let us know that too. We always take the negative <laughs> what was that? We always take the negative feedback alongside the positive. To stay up to date on all things level down games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow the main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information, and finally over at twitch.tv slash level down games while the live streams which are happening on a regular basis from now on feel free to say hello when you drop on by and remember if you subscribe to us on youtube follow us on twitch and leave us a review on itunes we will send you one two or maybe even more crappy steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy steam games 
doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. Glow, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday. And Revisiting the Classics, our weekly trip back to the past to play some retro games every Saturday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, top 10 series, unboxings, let's plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level.